Welcome, Nomads, to the Hodge Podcast, a journey through food, travel, and music, where we will feature special guests from our circle of friends in the music scene. We talk about our travels, their story, and share a meal. As we all know, the most common language in the world is food. I am your host, Freddie. And I'm Philip. Hello, yasas. Parev, marhaba, hola. Welcome to episode four of our show, and we're excited to have yet another legend in the studio, our good friend, tour brother, Casey Royer. Hey, Casey, how you doing? What's up, Casey? I'm really good, you guys. I can't tell you how much you've touched me. How much have we touched you? I mean, not physically touched me, but, you know, you touched me with your you know, awesome musical talents. Thank and you, and, and you. your camaraderie is just unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks for having, cool. Thank you so much for having me on your, uh, your, your show. Thanks for coming. Awesome. I know you're busy, and I appreciate you coming in all the way to the studio. Um, so let's start from the beginning, uh, Casey. Where were you born and where did you grow up? Well, I was a small baby in Orange, California in 1959. <laughs> Orange? Uh, yeah, I was born at St. Joseph's Hospital uh, in uh, 1958. Yeah, I just turned 60 and I feel like I'm 16. It's really weird. I'm, it is weird. I'm healthy and everything. It's kind of crazy. You have the energy of a 16-year-old, no doubt. It is pretty, it's pretty weird. But uh, yeah, just Fullerton, right there, went to Troy High School, surfed my whole life. But, you know, just, you know, liked music my whole life, just went to, the, did the normal thing and, you know... Punk rock started, and we just started, we made a few bands up, you know, when it, well, I was a senior when, uh, when punk rock hit, like in about 77, 78, and that's when that people were going to, the prime, the, prime for punk rock, prime time, it was like you're having a, arena rock shows with Kiss, Aerosmith, all the big bands at the Forum, at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium, it was a big rock hair party, or just nice. like, or just like Ozzy, you know, and stuff like that, you know, Black Sabbath shows, there was a lot, of, a lot of big arena bands, and then the punk rock thing hit with the, the Damned's first uh, CD that hit America. They just played recently. I saw oh, that. the best. 40-year yeah. anniversary. Dave nice. Banian, Vegetarian Captain Sensible. I love That's him. That's cool. Are you eating fish? Do, do you want to be, would you like to be eaten if you were a fish? That's Captain <laughs> Sensible. God bless him, you know. They tar and feathered me Good once point. on stage at the Misfits tour. Oh, that yeah. was horrible. Honey and a down pillow. And I was, they almost took me down. I sucked in feathers and shit. Wow. Because the last day of a tour, you... Pull pranks on each other. Oh, right, of course. We did the best tour, a Fiend Fest tour with like a, it was the Misfits, the Damned, the Dickies, D.I., and Balzac. It was the greatest tour ever. So uh, back to the uh, uh, the story. Where were you at? Were you Fullerton right now, living there? Uh, that... I was living in Fullerton, yeah. going to Troy High School. And then me and uh, uh, me and Mike Ness made up Social Distortion. And it was the, the kind of the first thing we ever made up as like in, in the new scene of music because we were listening to say Van Halen and Aerosmith how old are you there, there? Was, there, was, there was like the Ramones and Sex Pistols on the next station you okay. were still 18 I right? I was like 17, 17 18, 18. Yeah, yeah 17, 18 cool and um, it was just a, a, a amazing you know, like a contrast between styles and then you know the God Save the Queen Sex Pistols 7 Inch came out first and I can still see myself putting it on the turntable yeah. in my bedroom at my parents' house. My drum set was set up. And um, and just listening to Steve Jones's, listening to Steve Jones's guitar. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> was that a joke? 
I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, no, it was, it was, it was a good one. I'm sorry, Steve. We love you. But no, uh, I heard that God save the Queen, you know. And uh, and uh, I was, uh, I was like, uh, Ness was in eighth grade. I was a junior, and all the seniors were playing new punk rock music. And so, like at the at Troy High School, where we all went to high school, yeah. there was the band called The Strand and the Mechanics that had a big influence on us. Right. And they were up on the lecture hall steps to the quad playing uh, Anarchy in the UK, which yells, I'm an Antichrist, right. out loud at school. And that weird. was totally and it was new. just so shocking. weird. Shocking. The world, it was shocked. so shocking. And along with the, the piercings and the pink hair and just the, the alcohol and the, you know, the, you know, the violence, right. it was just right. an amazing uh, crew of Indians. <laughs> let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit before all that, though. As far as your cultural background, your mom, your dad, where are they from? Uh, third generation, my uh, Orange County. Dad went to Anaheim High School. I'm sitting in Anaheim. Grandpa and grandma went to Anaheim High School. That's Everybody cool. went to Anaheim High School. In fact, wow. my grandma went to, was a colonist at Anaheim High in 1915. Wow. And then my dad was there in the 1945, and then he went to World War II. The day after graduating oh, at wow. Anaheim God. High School, all That's the Asian, crazy. you know, the Japanese people went to Manzanar, the camp, because they just confiscated all the Asian people during when they bombed Pearl Harbor. Yeah, so that's then, crazy. So, Nobody knows about that really yeah. outside of here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, my dad's football friends, you know, would be all best friends, high school friends. Yeah, had to just take off, go to war prison or whatever. You know what I mean? Jesus. So, uh, so yeah, wow. he went to he went to World War II, and luckily he was in the Philippines on a repair ship. Thank you. No patent spending. Yeah. Huh? And your grandparents with the background? Uh, they, my grandparents, my mom or my grandparents, uh, my grandpa in the. 20s, 27. My dad was born in 1927 in Fullerton, but he doesn't. You, you weren't supposed to say you were from Fullerton in that day because that was where all, the ghetto. Oh, really? You, you said wow. you were from Anaheim. Fullerton was not really built yet. Huh. So, um, so it was not weird. You're like from the sticks, if you say Fullerton. Yeah, Fullerton was the like, sticks. Okay. So, uh, um, like Southgate. It was like LA. Southgate. It was pretty weird, but you know. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I'm not really sure. Uh, grandparents. Uh, oh, yeah. That was uh, Grandma. Grandpa in 1927, 28, uh, worked at the lo docks in Long Beach. Oh, wow. You know, he was like unloaded stuff old school. for old school. I think Rick's, 1930s. Rick's dad used to work at the docks, too. Oh, uh, really? You think? Didn't that is that what he said? I remember him telling us. I wonder if Rick's dad is my dad. Uh, oh, that's oh, oh, man. No, they're different guys. You know, our dads <laughs> were freaking out when we were kids in high school. At least Mr. Agnew would talk yeah. to me. You oh, know, yeah. yeah, a lot of people, you'd be all, Rick, don't know him. <laughs> Hang up the phone, you know? Because, you know, there was a lot of just alcoholism and just, yeah. you know, we had, you know, that was a perfect time of uh, upper middle class kids to run around in the cars that their parents bought right. and just like have access to the most fun you could ever have. So, yeah. so you know, we just drive up, you know, you're drinking beers or something and, Mr. Agnew would just go on on your way, on your way, but he would always let me talk to Rick. He's all That's Rick. Cool. Rick, it's Casey. Casey's on the phone. <laughs> and, and Mr. Agnew's still alive. He's 95, yeah, 90 yeah. or something. Yeah, he's still kicking it. Awesome. And mom just had a birthday, and I gave her an adolescence, radolescence t shirt. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've, I've had a great life. So, uh, grandpa worked at the. Uh, Is he German? Are you German um, background? What's the um, roots? Roots. It's, Blood roots. It's, it's actually. Um, uh, Polish Russian. Oh yeah, Polish Russian. Yeah, I yeah. see that. Prussian kind of. Prussian. Yeah, because uh, exotic. I had a characterist look at me my face and just go, oh, you know, uh, you know, I'm into. Do you? I'm into bone structure, and I know exactly <laughs> where you're from. Do you <laughs> connect to at all to that background, or are no, you just no, a, I have, a OC kid? I was adopted. 100%. I was adopted at birth, a pre-arranged adoption, and my real father was a musician, rodeo star, uh, 
stuntman wow. for Gunsmoke. The, what? It was, it was How'd a, you find that a out? A popular Western. Uh, when I was 40 years old, I, I was my uh, Casey mm-hmm. Jr.'s mom was looking for medical research for my family. Yeah. They found out that someone was trying to find me, and I found out the only child Casey had become like a dual child Casey with a sibling. A That's, sister that looked just like me what? that went to Buena Park High School only about like five no. to eight miles down from where That's I crazy. did one year off. Yeah. So I could have dated my sister and had that that <laughs> abnormal <laughs> incestual baby. Uh, you know, uh, we could probably title someone with that that title. But um, so so my sister went there. My real father's name was Adamekski. I found out it was real a Polish heritage. Oh, and then yeah. my bass player Joey and Eddie Tatter of DI. They're all. Do you know what our last name is? I'm a what. Oh, Tatarovsky. No. What? <laughs> Whoa, we're all pulling together some That's sort of crazy. tribal magnetism or something that just, you know, just make people, you know, pulls people together that are the same. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's some mystery in the world with, you know, you know, all kinds of dimensional D- situations yeah. and it's just really weird. Huh. So, uh, so that's where that was. My grandma, we, they lived, grew up right by Disneyland before Disneyland opened up. Which is right here. So I'm an old Disney fan because I was a kid when it, they built it. Yeah. My dad, my real father used to drive the runaway wagon train from under Underneath the saddle, the seats, there's a, a, a board yeah. that you, you could make the, the thing go, but it looked like nobody was driving it, right. you know, and it was like that. At the same time, he was doing that because my real father was kind of a recluse. He was on the rodeo. He, he toured with the band once a year. He was in movies. Yeah. Hey, wait, that's just like me. Whoa. <laughs> Did you meet him? So, so I never met him. He died in 88, and I didn't okay. know about it till like 90-something. So, wow, so Eddie Adamecki, was, uh, he knew Hank Williams and all those guys. He was like, a, a, you know, just a rebel running, around, running, you know, running amok. Sorry, honey, going on tour again with the rodeo. And then so she said, yeah, I got adopted out because I was the fourth, fourth sibling. Oh, so, so you have. So three... I went to a really nice house, and my yeah. I met my sister and all this stuff, and they had a little tougher life. Yeah. I was pretty fortunate and stuff. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. So yeah, it's pretty weird. But the runaway uh, wagon that my dad was <laughs> doing, I was I was in the, the wagon, wagon itself with my adopted parents. That's crazy. No. While my real blood father was driving the thing. No. Cause, yeah, because my real father taught that was Dis- his job. He taught Disney shows because he yeah. was like a cowboy, a real cowboy. My dad had a radio program with Ronald Reagan in 1930 in Ida- in Iowa. A yeah, cowboy thing, and then he came west. And my dad was a full cowboy. I mean, like he's like Newley's stunt double. Polish cowboy. Smoke. Polish cowboy. That's crazy. And he was comedy. He was a funny guy. Yeah. And um, you know, and it was amazing. And he ended up. He could like he could like have his horse, ride his horse full gallop, get a make a lariat yeah. c- circle in front of the horse, nice. command the horse to stop while he's standing on the back of the horse. Wow. Command the horse to stop. Jump up and fly through oh, the, the lariat the and land, just like some Ringling Brothers <laughs> cowboy did. Yeah, but yeah, man. so my dad was really, really a, an accomplished crazy. guy. That now, yeah. I just can't believe his, you know, the DNA, the fruit don't fall far from the tree. Right, right exactly. But the other family, the Royer family, yeah. uh, which was, a, you know, apparently a name I, they, I was given that wasn't really real. That really freaked me out. Oh. I'm not who I thought I was. But, you know. You, how old were you when you found that out? You were 40. adopted? 40. I was 39. You found something. that you were 40 that you were adopted? Yeah, no, that I had a sister. But when my, did you find out you were adopted? Oh, from. You knew already. From, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, first grade, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. There's, no, there's no hiding or anything. But my mom should have told me my sister went to Buena Park High School. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? The dating potential is kind of scary. <laughs> so scary. So then we got to just, uh, shit, uh, what, what, what part of the timeline are we at, Freddie? I, I think we, we're almost we, to high school. Well, we were, yeah, we, we made it back to high school. We should have a TV show. Yeah. We reversed and now we're back into high school. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I was just like surfing and just regular life. The Royers were the Br- British. Or was the Royers? No, the Royers were. Uh, they? Um, They're. I think English. Okay. 
uh, I'm not really quite completely sure. Yeah. You know, the hodgepodge of uh, sexual activity in Western Europe at that time was pretty complex. <laughs> but exactly. Other, yeah, than, it's, it is other than that, I'm not really quite sure. You That's know, cool. good people, though. Good people all the way. My dad, Jack Royer, was my baseball coach and stuff. We all played nice. sports. It was like a wonderful, regular world until punk rock started. Then really things started rolling. Right. Exactly. Like that happened when I was in, uh, I guess, a junior in high school and it just boom like a freight train just of new music just rolled right in it was like what no, you know not produced very well blasting right. over over modulating guitar tracks just screaming people right about just weird shit you know there's right. no more and dancing in the moonlight you know there's all yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. weird pop you know weird music was really strange right then you know right. and it was pretty i mean music weird. became your life so um, uh, it, it did kind of, it did yeah. kind of, it kind of took off like with the media when Lisa Fancher, we we're all playing in our bands just for no reason, just for fun, pretty much. And then uh, uh, Eddie Joseph of Eddie and the Subtitles approached the adolescents that we were just kind of jamming around the neighborhood, yeah. you know, and uh, he's all, do you guys want me to be your manager? I know a club called the Cuckoo's Nest, so we can go play down there, right. you know, just like kind of... Like, kind of seeing and being a visionary in what was happening because he had friends in LA and he could see like was that your first show there um, was that was that like official well, we played like a bunch of parties around the house right, neighborhood right, house parties, parties yeah. house parties it was yeah. classic they wanted to beat us up because we're all punk and they're like fags we're all like fuck you you know and stuff like yeah. that just because you look like that yeah it was yeah, just yeah, classic yeah. they didn't want their you know like Chuck Dukowski said didn't want to lose their cool right uh, uh, yeah yeah not cool if you're running around so yeah so then that happened and then me and mike got together and pretty much wrote mommy's little monster record in my bedroom in my parents house because my parents would let me set my drums up in my bedroom right was that important. the first That's instrument you had uh, yeah i played drums since i was 10 years old yeah. one of the adolescence albums it's got me playing my drum set at okay. 10 years old and i lost that picture and i found it nice. on my own lp that's awesome but, um, that's how'd you a... how'd you get the first kit like how um i just i remember Christmas? I just uh, got my first kit. It was a CB700. Nice. And I got it from the uh, Fullerton City Employees Credit Union Bank. Oh. Because my dad worked for the city. He was okay. the manager of Water and Power. Yeah. yeah and, um, and they had a drum set? And taught electronics and stuff. My dad, Jack Royer, was pretty cool. And uh, he got me that drum set. got me a loan. And oh, you I got a loan. the drum set. At 10, you had a loan, drum loan. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Something like that. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he got the loan to get you. I think I had a set before that. It was a Metal Flake kind of blue kit, and I don't yeah. really know where that one came from. Huh. Probably Toys R Us or something, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? But, but that was a long time Sears. ago. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Never going to forget, ass. like, uh, just playing. That's You know how I learned how to play drums is like wearing, I was an only child at this point, you know, and yeah. um, at this point, wow. <laughs> you never know. Next episode coming up. Where does Casey go? Thirty years later. But I know, totally. Dude, I know. But uh, so I would just learn. I learned how to play drums by putting a because I love music, you know. Yeah. Led Zeppelin, you know, Aerosmith, right. and I was even into progressive rock, Genesis, and Yes, yeah. King, King Crimson, some of this weird stuff, like not the Grateful Dead, but kind of kind of lurking toward. Did like, you have the records, or you would hear I had it the somewhere records. else? No, okay. I had the records. Some of my yeah. friends were like into heavy hippie stuff, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And so it was pretty cool, you know. That's cool. And then I liked, you know, you know, hard rocking, you know, just like. You know, more than a feeling by Boston, or just like some really powerful, yeah. you know, songs that are like, you know, that was really good. So I would go to my room and put my headphones on, similar to the ones we have on ourselves right now. All right, you know, and uh, and just blast louder than I could hear myself hitting my kit, the yeah. music through my ears, right. and I just was kind of, you know, you kind of kind of tell where what goes where, you know, right. by just, by just, you know, knowing how to play drums or watching drummers. Yeah. But so I would just like, uh, I would just, I learned that way. 
Yeah. No one ever taught me. I had I had a record of Hal Blaine learned to play drums. Oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah. Hal Blaine. Yeah. Let's play drums. Exactly. That's what Phil did. That's what I did too. Yeah, dude. No way. You guys, CD. You guys dude, are the... we had CDs when dude, I did it. Phil El Hodge and I are clones of each other. It's weird. They um, even have the same ringtone. We have the same ringtone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's How weird. That we were born two, three days apart, so we're the exact, exact same astrological sign. And uh, we're both drummers, That's and we're weird. both, it's really weird. Yeah, and we <laughs> learned uh, how Mr. Wow, Lane. I just hit my head with a spear. No. <laughs> but no, 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 uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. And uh, that's how I learned how to play, because basically it was uh, it was just, uh, you know, it was a desperate move to just entertain myself all by myself. Right. You know, because, you know. Did, did you use music to escape also, just a uh, therapy? Just something to do, pretty much, just like fun. We were really active. We like played in sports, and we had a place at the beach. We, I, we surfed yeah. all the time. We just were always on the move, then back to school. Right. And then, you know, and there was a lot of after-school practice. You know, you'd practice till dark, smoke some pot, not tell your parents, come back home to a nice <laughs> middle-class house like my Disneyland or, you yeah. know, whatever, and, uh, and just like exist, make it to school the next day. I had, a, you know, dude, I was like, it was grease for this kid of the 70s, dude. I was like, yeah. I was like, had the cheerleader girlfriend. I'm all nice. spin around with that your underwear on with your short skirt just real quick <laughs> and i'm just all and it would flare out just all wow i'm just loving it Classic. loving it so i was pretty Classic. we were pretty lucky and then the drugs took effect and kind of kind of put little wars between us because people were taking stuff and drugs aren't very cool because they're so addictive you'll just you won't pay attention to things that are important like right. your friends and like you you're know, not talking about the pipe talking about other girls did you ever get in so deep pot. that you if you didn't make a change that you wouldn't come out of it not really not really i always like was uh, had a lot of good stuff to do and i was kind of a surfer stoner yeah. you know okay. i would not you know drink some beers but didn't really feel like it was right i felt a little guilty maybe even to do that yeah. but we all had our times where we were, you know when we lived in certain houses like kind of a kids of the black hole scenario where right. we had our drug dealer dudes and we'd go buy some coke or something you know and and just you know drink too much and pass out and just be punk rock right. you know and it was it was all right but you know no one really died or anything richard richard reyes died i think he, he overdosed he overdosed oh, okay. on some coke because uh you know a bunch of late you know latter known facts yeah. popped up that says oh. you know that potentially he didn't really hang himself it might have been staged oh you know just wow. for a but to get away from bad a, bad uh, deal or yeah bad drug i or... think he overdosed and then who was with him just made it look like he did that so he wouldn't get blamed for the murder. Yeah. I mean, you leave like, you know, Richard, wow. li Richard lived in a normal house, you know, in Placentia, right? Yeah. So like, you know, mom's cooking, you know, huevos rancheros up in there, you know, and they're chopping up some like, you know, cilantro and all of a sudden, you know, homeboy runs out and then Richard's, you know, so I think he faked it. Yeah. Huh. And just to make it look so wow. it, it would pass the blame to some other thing. You never know. Yeah. But you never know, you know, death is oh so silent. You don't tell anybody after you died what happened, right? <laughs> you know <laughs> that kind of thing. But you know, but it's it, something we all have in common. It's a great song. Slayer, yeah. Slayer covered the song. In fact, I remember him playing in front of three hundred thousand people in Finland. He's all, "This song goes out to Di, an Orange County punk band." And they played Richard Hung himself. Nice. How, oh, did, how, did, how did that happen? How did they? How uh, did they? You know ask what? Ask you to. Uh, one of our buddies, Jeff Hanneman, you know, rest in peace, Jeff, uh, died about four or five years ago yeah. of just complications with, you know, situations, right? But he was a big DI fan. He was kind of a punker. So same thing with Kerry King. I, I, you know, went out with his ex-girlfriend, and she's all, play is DI, <laughs> the, the Slayer guys. Yeah. And I'm all like, what? And then when, when, uh, when Jeff passed away, you know, uh, there was an article in Guitar Magazine, and he had all of his records put out. His foot was on the Ancient Artifacts record, TSOL here, <laughs> Minor Threat here. Yeah. Uh, he was just the biggest punk rock fan. He would come to DI shows all the time with Ryder and Bonnie, you know, the the, uh, guitar, the guitar playing girls from Nashville Pussy. 
were yeah. living with Jeff when he died. Oh, so wow. it was kind of heavy because Bonnie, uh, the bass player, got in the DI tour bus because she was having a hard time, you know yeah. what I mean? Because she lived at the house too. And so it was just weird. And then all the management and everybody swept through Hanneman's house, took all, you know, whatever, guitars them, yeah. or recordings or whatever. So that was a tough situation. Wow. But yeah, that's why uh, Slayer covered him. I think that was their like, their secret like desire was to eventually do a bitch and punk rock cover thing. Yeah. Right. But then they got so stuck in the metal thing, you know, it's yeah. like hip hop to, you know, to, to you know, to, uh, dance, you know, country you know yeah, it's just so different stuff. yeah you get so in. they got stuck in that not stuck it's a great rut to be stuck in i love right. metal we're we're big metal heads too back in the day and um it once was the ball's just, rolling gotta keep yeah. going with it oh and yeah, they did right. such good versions you know yeah. undisputed attitude attitude is the yeah. name of the record and it's it's like one of the best things ever way better than guns and roses trying to do those uh punk songs but yeah, yeah huh. you, you don't have to tell them that you know well <laughs> you can tell them that yeah really. let them know yeah let them know no, shout know. out yeah, yeah yeah right now axel sure. rose you know no. you've been not as good as slayer <laughs> but uh but uh so um but, but it was great because those guys you know jeff got to be our friend and yeah. got to come to our gigs right with his oh, girlfriend writer you know guitar player i was a national pussy so they'd come to our gigs and we'd have the funnest time Nice. I mean, Jeff awesome. was such a great soul. I mean, go to the market and just be bowling with watermelons down aisle five, <laughs> right? It's just out of control. Yeah, that's crazy. It was so fun. That's that was fun. Lived that's such cool. a great life. Nice. I mean, he, he will be missed. Yeah. Definitely. But then... Uh, yeah. Oh, so uh, from the drums with the adolescents, with the social distortion, with the Fullerton running around doing stuff... When did the DI come in, and when did you get on the mic? What how, how did that? Well, DI was kind of a band that was even before the adolescence. Uh -huh. It was going on when I was in the detours. Okay, that was before. And you were singing. Right, that was after Social Distortion. I was drumming. Okay, that was after Social Distortion. I mean, uh, that was a uh, after SD. There was the detours, okay. and then DI was still going. Started then too in about '79. Okay. And, but DI didn't surface. I was writing songs in my living room with Steve Roberts and uh, like uh -huh. I Hate Surfing and HB and okay. you know, some of the really, really dumb DI yeah. songs that were really fun to play. I was the that first bass love. player of DI. Yeah. It was me, bass player, Rick Agnew, drummer, and Steve Roberts. Oh, Rick was playing drums. Rick was playing That's drums, cool. yeah. It was yeah, yeah. awesome pictures. And uh, so we just started that up kind of underground while the adolescents were just, that was the time the adolescents were getting signed and we were getting a lot of press, like yeah. like a lot of news agencies and we're on television and in the newspapers. And right. this punk rock phenomenon is what the, what is it, you know, at yeah, that yeah. point. Totally, and yeah. um, so that was going on with the adolescents. And then at my apartment, I was just had DI together just for fun and just to, because we could just, you know, Rest just around. to play instruments because we liked it and it yeah, was fun. Yeah. But DI didn't really surface until 80, 83. Right. When Suburbia came out, and then Fred Tacone, Tim Mag, and Derek O'Brien, uh, we actually got an entity together and played while the adolescents were still together. I think I got booted out of the adolescents or something like that. Adolescents went through a lot of changes. Yeah, a lot of changes. Everybody and their brother, everybody in Orange County was in social distortion in the adolescents at one time. Right. You know, or, or DI too. DI's had 56 members. Holy crap, yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, but we're all from the same neighborhood kind of. Right. You know, like Agent Orange, we're all like... we Let's call the other kid. Yeah, just totally. <laughs> right? it, was so, uh, it was so refreshingly That's cool. fresh. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like it was so funny because we just practiced in our garages yeah. and stuff and it was really kind of out of control but and now um, all these guys are like there's you guys are still doing the same thing right there's more crowd and like you know everybody knows the songs and everybody's so following cool. the the history yeah, of yeah exactly the bands and where they're from and and the albums they put on uh, we put out right. and then the gigs that we played it became a whole subculture just like like any major rock and roll movement would have yeah that's and badass. we were right in the we were right in the front seat yeah, exactly you know it was just pretty it was pretty amazing i mean it was really incredible so uh so then the adolescents kind of Went on tour. I, I didn't know it. I didn't get kicked out. The adolescents just broke up. 
Okay. Oh, no, wait, wait. I did get kicked out. They went on tour, and then they broke up. Okay. And then D.I.'s following was growing. Okay. I remember one time at Fender's Ballroom, the adolescents had a half full. Next night, D.I. packed yeah. with SNFU, just like That's out of cool. control. And everybody was kind of bickering a bit in the adolescents, I think, a little more you know, than well, they should have this? been. Like, this was in, like, 83 yeah. or something like that. And and so D.I. got Before picked I up was for born? some... Yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> you know, I did a little promo for the adolescents. I'm all like, or for the adolescents, you know, with our yeah. tour we got, you know, yeah. the, the adolescents tour we got with the Hodge. And um, I was going like this. All of us were original members from the adolescence, you know, fame, except for Frankie. He wasn't born yet. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it was pretty classic, you know, because right. you know, he's Frank Jr., you know, yeah. Frank Agnew Jr. So, uh, so yeah, so then that started, and then D.I. just start, got that suburbia op- opportunity from Penelope Spheres, who was making a movie. And uh. she turned us punkers into actors instead of actors into punkers okay. to, to depict the, 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 the time. And it worked. I yeah. mean, because punkers are funny, you know. You got to be kind of an actor to be yeah. a punk rocker, anyway, because you're right. kind of different. And you're dressing yeah, up, and you're, like, you're an attention magnet, yeah. you know. Right. You better be able to do some acting. Yeah. So, you know, between Skinner, Tim O'Brien, and all the all the you know Flea, yeah. you know, all those bros, it was quite a time, you know. Yeah. And so after that, the gigs just started happening. I've been rolling ever since with That's it, badass, you yeah. know. And then adolescence, we did a couple reunion shows, you know. Uh, one was in '89. I think we did about three shows. Now, oh, you know, we even flew to a, flew to a New York and did like a, a New York, East nice. Coast kind of run with the adolescents. Yeah. In fact, uh, Frankie Jr. goes, Casey, do you remember when I was like 12 years old and you bought me beer on Manhattan Island for the adolescents <laughs> reunion tour? And I'm all like, Uh-oh. I'm all. That was you. <laughs> you were so kid. little. And he was an Agnew, though. He's a little Agnew. Yeah, Steve yeah. Soto was supposed to watch Frankie Jr. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was like that. And then I, he's all like, I'm all, I will do this, Frankie. I will do this. And Steve's like, you know, being kind of, you know, you know, responsible. Steve yeah. was a responsible yeah. guy, really yeah. great guy. Rest in peace. Um, and then Frankie, I'm all like, get you a 40 so i went around the corner we're in downtown manhattan you know so you know maybe not, closer to the lower east side you know there, it wasn't you know the business yeah, district fancy. but we were like walking around and there was a little liquor store the way they are on manhattan and i was yeah. just i made a quick left hand turn grabbed the 40 and i'm just walking with it and we're all walking to the hotel room and i'm all here frank frank is 12 40. don't tell steve i gave it to him. and then and, and, and well, you know, now, now everybody knows now steve soda's spirit knows yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, now he's gonna be no. flicking he's like, on yeah. his <laughs> make yeah. me drop drumsticks and stuff he's on his uh uh heaven soundcloud and, and listening to uh yeah our show dude. right now dude that's all fr- it's all frequencies and vibrations yeah. man yeah, it, it's true. just in dimensions it's just like you know the soul is reconstituted because it's an energy. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah huh. it's exactly. just weird. So yeah, I guess that rock and roll heaven thing is a, is a real thing. Yeah. It is. That's a great song. Yeah. Kind of a dumb song, <laughs> but really, really beautiful song. Right. Beautiful uh, dumb song. You know. Well, see. Speaking of song, let's take a quick musical break, and yeah, then we'll come that. right back to you guys. Thanks, so. you guys. No All way. right, we'll be right back. The Hodge Podcast. <laughs> Holiday 
welcome back. You're listening to the Hodge Podcast, a journey through food, music, and travel. Podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California, at Dollhut Studios, where your host Phil and Freddie. Our guest today, Casey Royer. Casey, what did we just hear? Dude, that was gold. That was a Dee Dee Ramone song, "Making Monsters for My Friends," that me and Adam Gomez put together uh, with a co- for a compilation, Ramones compilation for a band called the Rockaways. Like uh. Rick, Rick. What's Rick's last name? Sad, Sadsky, Sadusky? He's, I don't know, Rick. Oh, Rick, yeah, yeah. Rick from the Rockaways is right. putting together a compilation. So he's got that going, and it just came out really good, you know? Just That's like, because uh, Adam's a great drummer, plays with the Dickies, plays for DI when uh, Joey's, you know, out. So, uh, what was yeah. that screeching right there? Was that guitar? Uh, no, that was Screaming Monster Females. Monsters. That sounded really good. Yeah. That was awesome. That was pretty weird, huh? Like yeah. Just Monsters. like, what? Because, uh, it's a great, great song. You know what I mean? It's like a Didi Ramone, you know, his uh, his album after he left the Ramones. And it's good stuff. You know, the Ramones had a big impact on us because that was one of our, you know, back in the SD high school days, that was it. Ramones, yeah. Ramones were just it. Sex Pistols, uh, you know, the Damned. But the Ramones and the Dickies. And, well, it's weird. We're fans of our own genre. And yeah. then we got to be best friends with all of our all, our, our, our heroes. Right. That's awesome. It was just really weird, you know. I remember getting, uh, hearing uh, The Incredible Shrinking Dickies was one of the very first albums I got when we were all living in a place called Brea Beach. And that was like in 79. I was going to college. Like Mike Ness lived here with Rick Agnew and Fred Tacone lived over here. We took over this like area called Brea Beach. Yeah. And, it, and it was really a good time. It was a good time. You know, yeah. you know I, was, cool. I told Rick last time he was here, I'm going to tell you the same. Uh, Phil and I, we didn't really get influenced by... Uh, the, the punk way that you're talking about because we grew up in Saudi Arabia and Cyprus we didn't really get that over there right. it was mostly just popular music and I feel honored that we were we made it to the states and we actually learn about legends like you and like Rick but not through uh, like a Google search we actually yeah. like, we actually you. like we met you and then in conventional means the yeah. reverse way right that's the badass. same thing like us too because we didn't roll into the dickies thanks for that you guys you guys are like yeah. my best friends if you awesome. didn't know that already yeah, thanks. but thanks, uh thanks. but uh the same thing with us the dickies record when we you know you drive me ap big gorilla when you like the, it just fades in with stan lee yeah. playing his deal and we're just all like this is such you know, we play it off the hook before we even knew these guys right and then yeah. we started playing gigs over the years it's been years now 30 plus that and we all know each other because all of us are the same age within like about three years of right. each other we all started at the same time so now we're in our 50s and we're all the same age you know yeah. leaving was a little older right. you know it's you know you know some guys charlie harper and stuff but uh it was we're all kind of the same age and now we're cool and we never thought we would because we didn't mean it to ever turn out like it did right it was just about being a a different and not to be liked and just leave us alone right your world's screwed up we don't even want to be a part of it you know more or less but now it's rocking with you yeah yeah. you know it's just kind of weird (laughs) and now we'll do these like festivals in front of all these people a couple thousand people singing johnny's got a problem in a pit going crazy in fact i was recognized twice in the parking lot coming over here that's crazy by these kids in high school they saw us with the dickies at the house of blues in anaheim yeah i mean there was a good like thousand people there but it's just amazing on how the communication and everything is like tying itself together and it couldn't have happened to a group of better guys yeah, that's cool. right you know what i mean we're i you know, can't wait for the the hodge uh, strapping lessons tour coming yeah, up yeah 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 it's gonna be nice uh, i do have some music questions for you uh we toured together and one thing i'm amazed by you is how you use words 
Right. And you could describe like a, a fart and make it sound uh, like it was True. a huge journey. But yeah, it was yeah. Just a fart. <laughs> or you could write your. I could write my thesis paper on on, on actual flagellation. Only. You know, the spelling fart <laughs> flagellation. When you know, when you just like put that like little word fart. You know, oh, that's cool. But flagellation. You know, it's all like that's the really professionally sounding. Fart. Ga- gas expulsion. Yes. You know, because you can expel some gas, you know. I've, I've even played uh, trumpet uh, runs with my bunghole. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can oh. do it. You got like a trombone. Easy. Yeah, anybody can trombone, you know. Trombone. <laughs> anybody can anally trombone. All you have to do is just like figure out, you know, well, the diarrhea point is definitely something, right. you know, it's very, you know, important. That's, that's, that's eat. A, yeah, yeah, or the beer before. Don't try to, don't try to play a fucking tube out your ass after you've had a bunch of beers. But, uh, but yeah, you can just Solid really. Solid advice for everyone. Yeah, me and Sean Elliott a guitar player of uh, the Rattlescence who's playing in the with the damned guys now. Wow. Oh, Captain, cool. He's playing with uh, uh, Paul Gray and uh, Rat Scabies, Alfie Agnew and Sean Elliott. Wow. But Sean could play the best fucking trombone fart I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean he would just like fine tune it. Yeah, he'd even get a couple like little honks after the run. After. Like, but it's easy because you just like get a little pressure, yeah. let off the pressure, and you gotta it's just it's easy. You guys will be yeah. doing it for the rest of your lives now that I tell you about this. <laughs> Out there in like radio world, trombone forever. And it goes like this. Oh okay. you know <laughs> you know, and you can do it. It's so easy, and it just takes a little, just a little, a little air, takes like a little air, and take off a little of the push pressure, yeah. and the tone changes. You could probably, totally, you could probably play. You know what? I knew a guy that played Beethoven's Fifth through his butthole, and he was really talented. And wow. his girlfriend used to smoke through her vagina. Wow. So it's really wow. YouTube. Wow, YouTube. You don't really know these people. No, I just made that one up, but, that would, but you could probably find it. You know. Um, what's your uh, musical writing process? Can you um, share some uh, just tips like, to people? For maybe? people who want to make music. Well, you know, back in the day, hard. it was easy to do riffs, you know, because they were they were kind of fresh, you know what right. I mean? Like you do, yeah. uh, you know, like a you know a punk riff, you know, to a fast beat, and it was like it wasn't really done yet, so you could write easily, easily. Like Bad Religion was just the most unique thing ever, right. and it was just playing fast, you know, it wasn't yeah. wasn't really you know anything different. So it was like those riffs just rolled. They got all the riffs too. They got all yeah, the good yeah, riffs. Yeah, they, they cover all Fat nice. Mike too. They got all the good, all the riffs. But uh, at least our songs are like are a little longer. <laughs> you could differentiate, let's right. just say. Yeah. But um, but I used to do it like that, and then we would just pretty much do it any way we want. So we would come up with a, a you know a riff, a guitar yeah. riff, and maybe a concept at the same time, or just you know or ba- just have a concept, and then you kind of you know there's ways to like match up the music sound and the the concept that the song is portraying yeah. and to like sync them together and like if you have that ability to that's it's just like how to be a good songwriter you just like yeah. have to have both of the emotions of the sound of the music and the topic matter and the way it's yeah. sang and right. have that work together so we would do that. We would just kind of melt on it for a week or something. If, like, say somebody had a cool riff, yeah, and it would just kind of, it. it would just kind of like click. You're all there. It that's is. what it is. Yeah. In fact, like, uh, for example, we have a, a Di United We Slam EP four songs, yeah. which just means slam dancing. Uh, thank you. And um, <laughs> uh, okay, World at War. It's a song that Eddie wrote, and it's just got it's bitch and it's you know it's medium tempo and yeah. really kind of driving stuff. And I just like. Uh, 
you know, I, I was just listening to it, trying to write, you know, words to it because we in that EP we wrote the music first. And okay. So uh, we just kind of yeah. had that. I had to kind of melt into what what they were how to make it work. Yeah. So like I'm uh, World at War. It's like you know, killing for religion in Palestine. Da da. People, you know, occupied and yeah. you know, just talking about you know Shanghai and you know, all the way to uh, Saipan. You know, the war, World War Two in Japan, yeah. and it just brings up all those things. And I'm all, here's what I got, Eddie. Check it out. And I gave him the words, yeah. and he's all. I was thinking about war when I wrote that That's song, amazing. and it was just so weird because it just like you just had just, the riff. It just felt it just, just felt the like the just just felt it just felt like that's what it was yeah, about. You gotta feel it, yeah. Yeah, so right. it was pretty. So do you do you have crazy. like a songbook or do you just have it on your head? Yeah, I just it write it down in like one of those on little, the spot, little peachy folders. No, no, no. I make it before. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We pre-production way before the studio, yeah. but like when we're trying to sync them up, you know what sounds good where, and you know, and that's you know, it just doesn't feel right. You know, singing about. Like, you know, falling in love with your grandma while with a really fast drum beat. Yeah, you know, you're yeah, all like, yeah. that song doesn't sound like my <laughs> grandma. <laughs> my grandma doesn't even like she that hates music. This music. Yeah, she hates it. She hates it. But, she, uh, yeah. She says it's not music. How do you, how's the Hodge guys uh, record your we, stuff? We, it's a new process for us because we're a two piece. It's kind of something we're figuring it out. We, we just, used to be in a four piece, so now we're kind of like a two piece. And it's kind of somebody stole half your band. Yeah, oh, yeah, get it, yeah. clapped out, get it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we just kind of right now what we do is we just jam a riff and and repeat the riff and kind of we're writing the music before we do the lyrics, but we're trying to and then we'll sit down and try to write lyrics. But yeah. I feel like the best ones is when it all comes together. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always different. I mean, sometimes like you hear the the melody and then like just the word fits. And then it kind of goes off from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. If, and like you said, uh, if this song feels like a subject, like, for example, like war or, or a homelessness or something. Or a soft you know, love be, song. Or a love or song. Then right. we, we feel that. But it's, what do you do when, when you don't know what to sing? You know what? That's happened to me a couple times. You know, like a blank piece of paper just staring right back at you. Yeah. And you're all, what do I do now? Because I've done a bunch of recordings, you know. And how do yeah, you not yeah. stumble right. yet? Because yeah. <laughs> we've got a bunch. I think with DI has like, I think, eight or nine you know, 10 projects, you know, that are all supposed to exceed themselves, you know, right, you like before the, your crowd stops coming to see you because you just lost your edge, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, I've been in that situation a couple times where I've just like, for example, on the, on the Western front CD that came out in 2000, I don't know, five or something. Um, I, there's a song called it's over and I'm all like, I have no idea what to do <laughs> right now. Here we are. Yeah. Hi everybody. Clueless. Nothing. And then like... Uh, <laughs> we have the title already? No, no nothing. nothing. Yeah, Eddie no. just said, uh, it's over. Just it's just right about it. It's over. Eddie's great at spontaneous yeah. right in the face. That's cool. And That's I'm awesome. all like, you know, you know, just about world demise and global inadequacies and, you know, just yeah. lack of continuity and like just with our leaders and stuff. And, and it just kind of like just, it just flowed. And I was just kind of just writing it down. Like somebody told me how to write a song once and he said... You just you write just down, write a, down story a story like you're not writing a song. You're just writing a, story. a, a paragraph about yeah. something like you'd be in school or something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if you put it to music, you could like it. It works. It works. But yeah. if you try to write and you know, try and rhyme it, and rhyme stuff. it, and yeah. you're all uh, day. You're forcing Ray. it. Yeah, and you're yeah. forcing it, and you're not really. You got to make the up story. the story with the rhyme instead yeah. of the story first. Yeah, you know, I heard a, uh, I was doing a, like a documentary search i'm really into documentaries and stuff and they were doing yeah. something about i think it was uh a new york dolls 
uh, documentary. And like early CBGBs, they wouldn't, like Patti Smith would just go up there and read poetry in front of all these people, yeah. like stories, like yeah. like I was just talking about how you should start writing songs. And then she had a guitar player that was just making noise, like some hippie on, on acid or something, just yeah. making sounds. And then you know, they got a drummer and she would just virtually stand up there and go, you know, the gods are coming. And then when they don't, the people are in the streets right now and they've got their dogs <laughs> and they aren't going anywhere because yeah. they don't have any money. And they, you know, just like it yeah. was just weird abstract kind of art, right, 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 you know. Right. And, and so, you know, that's, I'm all like, that's a great way to write songs. Just yeah. write a story like Richard Hung himself. You know, I think I've maybe followed that philosophy for that song. Just yeah. basically just wrote down like a newscast with yeah, it yeah. and just, just made stuff up. But um, That's great advice. I get stuck sometimes not knowing what to what to sing. Yeah, and yeah it's I'm trippy. Gonna start, I'm going to start going that route. Yeah, see what I've, happens. I've been called a couple of times on it and just going, God, yeah, what do you really say? We've pretty much talked about almost everything, you right, know. And it's thing. punk and yeah. kind of rock and roll rock. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. how far do you go? And there's a bunch of like soft silly stupid stuff that's been done already yeah. that you don't even want to just get close to trying yeah. to sound right. like you know yeah yeah like a progression or like yeah. a lyric all oh, that's cheap the cheesy i guess you would call it yeah, yeah. generic yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. weird because then you just are and it's hard now because there's so much music out there there's and, so many there's so many bands there's so many ways to listen to music so yeah i think music might have run its course you know with all the potential variations everything starts the, over with though. the instruments you know i yeah. mean it's just like you know you can only do like riffs for so long yeah that's where, yeah, the, ma- that's one, where the magic comes right, into effect exactly. where you've got yeah, like you've got to add some character topic matter exactly. and make it just yeah. get some emotion because music's emotion whether you're crying or you're pissed you right. know if, if you touch emotion you've you've, you've, exactly. you've made it that's with your point. music yeah. yeah it's supposed to that's what it's supposed to do and then and then crazy. once in a while you hear this i'm happy a full <laughs> album from this band that's like shockingly amazing right so it's it's there you just got to bring it out you know like it's it's out there and you know, send the message out. Well, I, like I wouldn't listen to Slipknot as a bedtime nursery rhyme. No, no. You know, well, maybe like, these days people would. Just gonna go to sleep, close your eyes, or I'll see all these witches and clowns and things around. You know, maybe it might be good. Heavy metal sleep therapy. It could work. I usually, actually, I'm I'm the reverse with music. Classical music, I can blast it in the car driving in the middle of the night. I do that too. If metal goes on, I fall asleep. What? I really? do. I, right now, classic station, That's I'm weird. in there. And you know what? Metal, weird. I would fall asleep. Yeah. In fact, Which I heard like weird. this one metalhead called in, loves country music, or I mean, a classical when he drives. Yeah. So he's all like, play this one overture, The Dark <laughs> Cave from the Dark of course. Depths of the Castle's Death. You just heard that today? You know, and it's all, it sounds all like, you know, class, <laughs> classical yeah. with, you know, like horns yeah. and like strings. And it was it was the heavy metalers. Classical love. Nice. He was yeah, really, well, you know, but you're right. That's weird. Yeah. Dude, that's I can't weird. believe it. Like, I mean, How many things? I don't, I don't wow, get it. It's pretty weird. weird. Yeah. We could almost be on Oprah. We, we could should. almost be in, like, you know, Phil and Kate's on Oprah. <laughs> Special guest star, Freddie. <laughs> As right. the mediator. We got a few messages from our sponsors and uh, some music. We'll be right back with uh, our next section of this podcast. All right. The Hodge Podcast from beautiful West Anaheim, California. All right. Yo, man, our band needs a new demo, but I don't want to pay through the ass for it. Bro, we've been playing a lot of gigs and we need to work on writing this album and we need our own monthly lockout. Hey man, my grandma says we can't practice in the garage anymore. Have any of your band members ever said some shit like this? We've got you covered. 
DHS Rehearsal and Recording is a full-service recording studio, hourly rehearsal space with monthly lockouts available, located directly next to the Doll Hut Live Music Venue in beautiful Anaheim, California. Centrally located right off the 5 Freeway in Lincoln Avenue. Open seven days a week. Give us a call at 714-855-2535 at 714-855-2535 or visit us online at dollhutstudios.com. Facebook and Instagram at Doll Hut Studios. Sometimes I'm tearing out the walls. Sometimes I'm myself. Sometimes I'm tearing out the walls. Living like nobody else. Sometimes I'm tripping on myself. This is the Hodge Podcast. Our guest today, Casey Royer. Who we just listened to, Casey? Uh, that was my new band, Sour Puck, uh, tearing down the walls. It's uh, going to be used in garage rehab with Richard Rawlings, a nice. show we did. And uh, yeah, me and John Zerba, uh, he had a band, Sour Puck, in the 80s, and he's got some really good songs, so he wants to use them. And so we are going to use them for that garage rehab. And Clinton Calton, guitar player of DI, did the guitar tracks. And it's a uh, great recording. Yeah, I mean, it's rocking. I'm really stoked. It's a yeah. really good one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just working on like a, 
stuff. Uh, Discovery Channel's doing the garage rehab thing. We're going to be doing a thing called Rock and Roll Gearheads, which is going to be an animated kind of garage <coughs> series. And yes. we're working on the Borscht Brothers, two retarded Borscht Russians. Brothers. Borscht Brothers. Yeah. Borscht. Which means food. That's a food. Borscht, yeah. Food. <laughs> we say our grandmother made soup like this, like for us, for when we baby. <laughs> and like <laughs> babies like we don't be now is like we have uh, the recipe and we make this in America now because of equal rights and making success. <laughs> so we've got the Boris brothers going. It's Boris and Sputnik. I'm Sput. You, you Sput? Know? Yeah, right. Sputnik. And we got a boat and we come from Ukraine and we nice. land in uh, Huntington. Oh, perfect. And then, uh, and then we just, you know, work at just the popcorn stand. We have the new, it's a, a, a brand new recipe, Borscht popcorn. It's purple oh. popcorn. It really has a lot of vitamins and it's stuff. Borscht popcorn. Stuff. Borscht popcorn. <laughs> borscht corn, yeah. Borscht corn. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. We always have fun. Fun is what it's all about, you know? Exactly. I mean, you got to draw a line between when you're working to live or you live to work or, you know, you just got to got to be happy with projects and fun stuff. You got to yeah. keep busy. Yeah, like PNX News, brought to you by uh, just insane punk rock music. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, you just got to have fun and just like, it's an outlet, you know, it's it's just like fun. It's fun that we have all the means and the instrumentation to facilitate us in making our own like kind of TV shows and recordings. You know, we can make a full you know LP and, you know, it's on Pro Tools. You know that you couldn't even think about like 20 years ago. Yeah, right. It was, it's just really weird. I'm watching all these sitcoms like from the 70s, and they didn't have cell phones. And I'm all, you can't get away with that nowadays. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything's good, man. Yeah, it's cool. this this next part of our show is always hard for me because we just ate a meal. Yeah. Oh, what a great meal! I'm, I'm always having issues breathing after that. Thanks. I Phil. ate so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. What did we eat today, Philip? Uh, today we made uh, something uh, very standard in many Middle Eastern uh, and Mediterranean households. Uh, it's lentils. It's called uh, in Arabic mujaddara. 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 Split pea soup, but not enough water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no it was. <laughs> it's, it's not lentil soup. Well, it's actually just lentils, pure lentils with some uh, uh, onion and like a little bit of rice. Just so good. It up so good. That's it. I put some um, uh, not so standard uh, ingredient, which is turmeric. Which I've been putting in everything lately. Turmeric is so healthy. I for mean, you. why not? It doesn't really affect the flavor much, and it's gonna, you know, help yeah. everything. Yeah, it helps circulation. So, you know, turmeric and cayenne are, yeah. uh, you know, an antioxidant <laughs> combination that they they sell. You know, sell exactly. Pill some salt and pepper, you're good to go. But that was wonderful, wonderful dining. Thank you. Some Thank good you. like it cucumbers, like with some med- yeah. good Mediterranean pink yeah. salt, a real nutritional right. salt, other than iodized, like you know. Yeah. Horrible table salt, which then, isn't really very good for you. <laughs> no, it's not. And then the standard salad with Mujendra is uh, is uh, like a cabbage, garlic, lemon, cabbage salad. That goes perfect with... That was you know, so good. Kind of, You don't put garlic in the lentils, you put the garlic in the salad. Right. And that's how it works. Right, right. Totally flavors. Yeah. The cabbage, it just like explodes with flavor. Yeah. Between the, you know, the, the, the proper salt and yeah. you know, the vinegar combination. Yeah. Exactly. It was great. We could it's almost have It's supposed to be restaurant. lemon. We didn't have any lemons after vinegar, but it still it worked out. Oh, vinegar is such a cool. purification liquid. It yeah. is the best. Oh, yeah. I mean, just eating right, live long. Yeah. And prosper. Wait a minute. That's a different show. Right. That's Spock. <laughs> oh, that's Spock. Yeah, you're kind of like Spock, Philip. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Weird. Weird. Smart. Did you, uh, uh, have you had anything like that before, like we just had today? Uh, like, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Definitely, definitely. I've eaten at many, you know, yeah. Middle Eastern restaurants right, right. and, you know, all kinds of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, good good stuff. A, veg- a vegetarian 
Middle Eastern restaurant really is good, you yeah. know, because then you could get your curries and your, yeah. you know, you get your combination of things that is just so flavorful. It's just crazy. Stuff. The American, you know, average McDonald's meal is like just a death burger. <laughs> you know, just like MDC told us. Right. You know, you know <laughs> multi-death corporation. Right? Yeah. Millions of dead, you know, carrots. Right. Um, Casey. Yes, sir. Uh, what is your favorite food if you had to pick one? Um, my favorite food, if I had to pick one, is probably... I don't know. Suspense. You I like a, so much foods. I'm such a culinary wizard of myself. Well, if uh, you had a restaurant, I just love. It's got like everything and everything and you, menu. And you had to. Which pick. one are you just gonna go for? I'd like. probably, I'd probably go for a, uh, probably a, a end cut of a prime rib with a spinach souffle and a oh. pop, oh. English popover. Oh. Oh. an English popover. Yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> they fluff up. They're poppy. Specific. They're poppy. <laughs> but <laughs> the best thing about it is, uh, you know, in a little like you know horseradish, you know, oh, yeah. horseradish sauce. Because there's nothing better than hot, spicy stuff. Nice. And nice. Uh, that would be a pretty good one, too. But, you know, I like I like chili. I like making chili. Chili's great. You can make a vegetarian chili. Oh, you yeah. can make chilies that are just killer. Throw in your, your chili powder, you know, and yeah. just like, you know, because you know, they say spicy stuff is good for your system. Yeah. So, you know, I eat chili peppers, and I love eating yeah. habaneros. Growing up close to the Mexican border, there's, Me you know, we grew up with all of our bros are Mexican bros, and we yeah. have Mexican food all over the place. Yeah. A burrito for breakfast was normal for us. Yeah. So, yeah, we used to, like, you know, eat chili peppers and throw in a kitty, and whoever could drip a, 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 a drop of sweat off their nose and hit the napkin would win, the, would win the money. Damn, <laughs> you know, nice. It was That's pretty funny. weird. But, yeah, yeah, food is great in all Yeah, respects. it's weird. We never, um, we never had anything spicy stuff in, like, We're in not Cyprus used to that, yeah. The Mediterranean, Mediterranean, just that's, like, just the sea and, there's no, there's no, like, yeah. Burning spice, Hot, yeah. yeah. A lot of flavor spices, obviously, but not. Like yeah, like I remember touring over in you know Western Europe, Europe, you know, Europe, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. You, know yeah. you know, you know, say parts of Germany are very cultural. We were uh, weaned on Mexican food and habaneros, habaneros and peppers, peppers, right? You know, kind of around here because yeah. of our culture and our geographic location. Thank you very much. So <laughs> we'd get over there and we're trying to find some. Uh, Mex you can find a taco anywhere, like in Berlin, right. and we're all like, "What?" They're all, "Yes, you can have taco for eight bucks." <laughs> but you have to go to a special restaurant. It's yeah, like, it's a sit-down yeah, dining. Yeah, yeah, even in Cyprus. Mix. So I think the closest we it's got like were some uh, Turkish peppers. Turkish peppers. Oh, okay. The, pe like the pickled red ones. Yeah. Have you, do you remember those? Oh, yeah. That's the, um, that's the one. That's the one. Us in Cyprus, too. That's, yeah. that's all you get. That's as far as spice goes. There's a little spicy. Spice. They're not that hot. They're not even that They're more hot, vinegary, yeah. kind of a pickled yeah, pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, uh, they're really good, though. Speaking you know? of pickled, we also had Sal's Beet. Pickled beets Pickled beets by Salvador Baxter. Organic. Oh, dude. Grown in Carson, were, California. And we also got the recipe from Sal. He kicked it down. I can't believe it. You know, like, you know, people hold their recipes like gold, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're going to make some of those pickled beets and exist forever. You know what I mean? Because you know what? Eating vegetables and stuff is, you know, you're supposed to do that stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Hamburgers. I mean, every, like, little death calf called Carl's 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 yeah, it'll be so much better, guaranteed, hundred percent. Yeah, totally, totally. It's all good. Yeah. I love your cooking show. You got a cooking show, almost. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was an only child, so we, I, my mom, stay home mom, would watch a yeah. lot of, uh, you know, Graham Care was an uh, English, yeah, cooking television personality, right? And it was, uh, you know, I, I focused a lot of that because it was that's know, cool. Nobody else around, you know. But so yeah, when you chefonade some sweet yeah. basil, or julienne and onion, you know, or, <laughs> or maybe even do a balsamic a balsamic reduction just for oh, maybe yeah, just a, for fun. a syrupy, wonderful like you know, just touch at the end to decorate your plate. Nice. You know? Put it on the top. Yeah, right. A little thick. Nice. Life is yeah, good. Balsamic. Chives. Yeah. Are you Chives. a dessert kind of guy? 
dessert's the best. In fact, I found a t- the most expensive dessert. It's worth $20,000 in Dubai. It's oh. got truffles. It's truffles, got like a bunch of you know, truffles. They're a million dollars. Yeah. 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 Truffles, yeah. Truffles, gold, shaving shape. Hot foot Sunday with some extra nuts. Wow. You can get yeah. that at Foster Freeze for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, but it was like $20,000. It's like most expensive wow. desserts in the world. But desserts, I like, uh, I like, I'm, I'm an ice cream fan. Yeah. I really like ice cream a What's lot. What's your you favorite know? ice cream? Uh, coffee ice cream. What? Yeah, I make coffee malts. I made them for my son. My mom used to give them to me when we'd go to a place. Well, the markets back in the day had like little ice cream, like, Parts a little in, involved in the place, so she'd get me that. I'd sit in the little stroller and nice. go on my way and stuff. That's probably what jacked me up getting coffee at right? an early age. And stuck in there, <laughs> and just stuck. You know, like the dopamine and... thing's on. But uh, where's the best coffee ice cream thing these days? Oh, they're all good. Oh, like, it, where do you it, go? Everywhere. I just where? go to the markets, dryers. Yeah? Get your dryers. Get your normal stuff like that. You know, yeah. the cold stone, cold stone creamery is kind of cool where they yeah. do your little oh yeah deal. yeah on the marble yeah right on the marble. But you know. You know, by the time I'd be done with two malts by the time they gave me one yeah. cup. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I can take in a lot of ice cream, half gallon at a time. Nice. Yeah, just, just to be safe. Just to not be safe. one gallon, just half half a time. Yeah, just the one full deal. It's just one <laughs> serving. You know, you know, and you know, it's just kind of weird like that. How about you guys? Yeah. Do you guys like a you know crepe, Suzette or cherry jubilee? Oh, uh, I do love a crepe actually, and you know, I do like. Uh, um, my favorite ice cream is rose ice cream, but uh, Cypriot style. Like the picture you had. What? But yeah. Yeah, but rose, rose flavor. Like rose. A rose bud, like the fragrance. The, yeah, the, no, the rose, the, the, pink, the, purple. Can you kind of assimilate the it's, flavor? It, that's uh, how they make it. Closer. The, it, sm- yeah. it tastes like it smells. Exactly yeah. like it smells. Exactly. Yeah. Where do you appropriate this wonderful In Cyprus. Rose? Ice cream shops in Cyprus. You can't go to Cyprus yeah, already. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I miss it. Maybe they and mail you know, it to us. A uh, melt. You know yeah. who else has good ice cream is the Lebanese. They make it. It's like, you know, the Italians make the gelato? Yeah. Lebanese really started that, Same idea. and ah. it's it's delicious. And nice. my favorite one from there is mastica flavor. Uh, I was thinking it's like a gum, gum tree gum tree gum. Like uh-huh. The flavor it's like it's white, like kind of a sweet, kind of like yeah, maybe a, yeah, sugarcane kind of flavor. No, not so sweet. It's not uh-huh. so sweet actually. Uh-huh. It's a it's like a less sweet maple maybe like a, a molassesy kind of like not so dark though it's white mm-hmm. so yeah. it's like yeah it's good huh sounds really great I, I don't my, I wish we'd get that too we should open almost like a <laughs> Cypress <laughs> ice cream show <laughs> I welcome to Cypress ice cream we got things you'll never Cypress, hear of Cypress, California wow, this what? tastes really good the kids love it let's <laughs> come back you know I, gotta, make a, gotta make a buck yeah, yeah. You know, musicians are resourceful <laughs> aren't they I always I always pick the creme brulee if it's on the menu creme brulee standard really good always if it's on there done that's like Crunch it through that like and then you know, I judge nice it. cooked roof. Yeah. Judge it, of course. Just hang, man. Yeah. Yeah, desserts are really, yeah. really, really uh, exquisitely foc- focused upon nowadays. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. there's lots of YouTube channels where they're making all kinds of, you know, oh, yeah. all kinds of great stuff. And you eat it after oh. dinner because oh. it's a digestive. How about chocolate mousse? Oh, yeah. oh, chocolate mousse, mousse is good. How about this? Uh, Freddie Mercury's favorite What's bananas that? flambe. Oh. <laughs> or, or, or would that be banana flambe? <laughs> oh, that's when Freddie Mercury spilled. Flammable things on himself. Oh it's, right! Yeah, that's okay. what they made a name up. Bananas flambe. Oh. It's all. It's it's uh, it's from the UK. Is Maybe. It? Is, I no, I just made that up. Right? <laughs> He's lying. But it's really good. You know, you you know you you know the stuff that is actually burning with you know right extremely volatile yeah. alcohol. We're gonna have good. to add dessert to our our our, uh, our meals. Uh, yeah, I mean oh. we're pretty full, but yeah, I could I eat I could eat a uh, flambe right flambe. now, dude. We could get that. No, no, no. We could get the uh, the uh, the recipe from the Cypress ice cream you're talking about. We can make it here. Yeah, because we gotta that. be able to get the ingredients. Yeah, film You know, every like stupid Americanized market's got every <laughs> cultural aisles. <laughs> 
the, the Hispanic ethnic, aisle. Ethnic, the ethnic aisle. aisles. That's it, the ethnic. This is where we sell turmeric. But that's cool. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. But you know what? It's good. You know, multicultural uh, nation is yeah. so it, it, interesting and awesome. Yeah, I do want to say, like, I got the lentils from, like, an Arabic market with the Arabic bread, like, in an, hour ago, an hour ago on the way here. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. You know, you can get, you can actually walk right. into the store and you see the things that you would see in Lebanon. Such the culture, just right in there. It's Anaheim, beautiful. California. It's, it's you know, awesome. That's great. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, unreal. And, you know, just like you go to, uh, you know, the Asian portion of oh, Orange yeah. County and yeah. you can get the most... Yeah, 99 Ranch. Have you been in that thing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, dude. <laughs> what the... I, it's like, like, well, hi, we're in Tokyo. The, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, well, maybe, you know... Crap staring at you. Uh, unbelievable chicken legs in the Chinese food. food. I remember, I remember, like, I remember Stan Lee, Stan Lee and the Dickies, you know, went over there, you know, uh, with, the, you know, my bass player Eddie's in the Dickies, too, and he said, like, Stan was at this restaurant, so I'm going to get some Mexican, or some Chinese food, because we're in Bangkok, or, you know, we're in Singapore, or somewhere, and then they're all like this, and Stan's all, like, eating some chow mein, and he looks up and he goes, fuck, this Chinese food sucks here, we need to go back to America and get Chinese food, because he's pulling out, you know, things that weren't acceptable in our here like in this country or maybe like a, a, a claw a chicken leg full chicken like claw f- I love there. it and you just push it to the side it's, you don't it's eat the foot chew on it or something. You know, my you know. favorite part of the chicken <laughs> is feet, you know? feet. is the neck and the chicken heart is my yeah. favorite part of the chicken oh so so tasty yeah. Yeah. we do a chicken heart thing and the Greeks do it in Cyprus too and I think Lebanon I'm not sure it's just rice and chicken hearts and that's it it's about the size of a golf ball yeah even smaller this big oh, yeah. and yeah. tiny so you get like a bunch of them then you make rice normally with the onion, put the rice, and then just throw the chicken hearts in there. Oh, so good! And then good. just let the rice cook, and then you, that's it. It all it all melts together and yeah. fuses with yeah. the, the, the yeah. flavors. So you, so, yeah, it's good. It's man, good. so good. So, you know, rice and you know starch. The starch, uh, you know, category of the meal yeah. is yes. also important. Like your couscous, you get your just white yeah, rice something. with some yeah. good, like you know, Chinese. It's just like yeah. so important to like you know, you know, patched Store work them the together energy. into a beautiful meal. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the world of beautiful meals. With Freddie, Phil, and Case, <laughs> we're gonna make you some yeah. appetizers, some main courses, multiple courses, I might say, and a dessert that you will die for. <laughs> Especially if we put the poison in it. Oh wait a minute, we don't do that no anymore. Poison. Nobody no, poisons no, it. You know what? That's why you do a toast. That's the communists. You know that's. Oh, that's right. That's the. That's the. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm a Russian uh, actor now. All uh, right. You know. And you were Polish. Yeah, Polish, Roots, Polish, so. Russian actor. Well, you know what? The Poles got run yeah, over sure in World War know. II, man. What a drag. We got so screwed over. It's all the first ones, and we're on horseback. Bitch. Oh, here comes Hitler. Way to go. We just run. That's why I'm a good athlete, because, you know, my, my whole family's been running. But, you know, but then, uh, you know, the, the Russians finally came from the east and just and just stormed them. You know, October 8th, my birthday, the, the German army bogged down in like 10 inches of rain, rainstorm on October 8th, 1943 wow. or something, trying to take Russia. Hmm. They're, all, the, all the transports were stuck in the mud, literally. And then the Russians prepared for this, just, you know, we live there, just destroyed Hitler's army, and they just couldn't, just sitting, yeah. sitting ducks, or sitting schnitzels in this, <laughs> in this kind of situation. Uh. But uh, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, we are just sitting schnitzels at this point, yes. I don't know. We try to win, but it's mud. But yeah, it's pretty weird. I'm going to 360 or 180 this thing. And let's just talk about uh, spirits, journeys, and symbols and uh, how you've incorporated into your life and I guess obviously your music and, 
um, that kind of thing. What's what's the driving spirit for you, and what does what does that affect your? Does it affect your daily, and how does it affect your daily? You mean spiritual, life? as in like spirituality? Yeah, in general. I was, yeah. ra- I was raised a a Catholic. I guess it would be. Yeah. In you know America, just regular Catholic, Episcopal, Episcopalian. Yeah. yeah. You know, Catholic, an offshoot right. of this Christian church. So I was dealt a lot of like morals, you know, and just stuff yeah. that doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? So right. I'm a nice guy. It doesn't make any sense. You know, you don't go anywhere <laughs> right. being like that. But I really don't care. Yeah. But yeah, I my my feeling on reincarnation and multidimensional situations exactly. are are totally, I believe in all that. Yeah. Completely. Right. You know, if there's so much, so much, uh, so much proof now through our technology and our like our. Uh, you know, our devices, our phones, our tablets yeah. and everything that a lot of things are getting exposed. Right. Like, you know, say, say, uh, spirits, like say ghosts, for example, yeah. you know, aberrations, there's like, they're busted. There's definitely right. another dimension there's, of energy after work yeah, on, yeah. and I'm not sure, you know, like guardian angels and magnetism, you know, right. and crazy stuff. Cause I feel like, like when you die, you become a spiritual orb uh, there. I've heard that you go back to your original planet of origin which might be andromeda or or you know whatever galaxy we were manufactured at has some sort of a a hold on us and stuff okay Hmm. i think personally that our spirits are held gravitationally around our our earth so our families and everybody's kind of out there it's in your body so when you think like guardian angels you know they when they come down and help you you hear the story about like grandpa's like fell in the you know down and got pulled up like 300 foot cliff and he can't walk and stuff like that you know when you think about things and focus your it's all magnetic and electrical your 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 sense of of being your soul and when you think of things like if you think of your grandmother, for example, yeah. that will attach you to her magnetism because you're made out of the same matter. You're right. like the same DNA, yeah. same thing. So you could actually request yeah. by thoughts by to thing, pull like yeah. things in. Like say Jesus has the biggest powerful mind magnet right. around because all those people it. all come together and just yeah. like start thinking about that. And so it kind it of creates, a a, magnet, yeah. creates an energy vortex of like yeah, whatever whatever we yeah, call the it. mind is a powerful thing. Yeah. So I think that's exactly how it happens. Like if you really want help, you just pray for it. Yeah. And you know, that might be really part of the other dimension helping you out because yeah. they they're, they're aware but mm-hmm. we're not. We can't see them. Right. You know, like Ghost with John with Patrick Swayze. You know, that's a great movie. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the gayest movie I've ever seen in my life. But <laughs> yeah. you know, well, Oprah, yeah, Oprah should have got shot. Oprah should have got run over by the bus. But no, uh, no, she would have come back. She would. Yeah. But y'all come back. She, so she, my, yeah. spirit, spiritually, yeah. I think that's exactly how how uh, you know our bodies are just our. We just got We're just got our bodies now for as long as they it. go, yeah. and you know, and then all of a sudden but we are definitely go somewhere more, else. More than that, for sure. It's kind of a rip off. You don't remember your last life. You right. do a little bit. Well, Some I people heard, do. Yeah. I heard lucid dreaming. That's how you get. Dude, that's how you check it out. You're right. That is a connection. It and is. apparently, your mind works fifty thousand more times more than when you're awake. Oh, when okay. You're dream, when you're dream, lucid dreaming. Right. So you have. And your... you can actually travel to your past thing and see yourself. In the past, wherever yeah. you those come. dreams are a definitely an electronic doorway to and, just things. And yeah. apparently, just like working out, you gotta you gotta intentionally th- tell yourself that you're gonna do that, exercise it, yeah. And then when you go to sleep, and then eventually, it's gonna you know your brain is like, okay, let's go, let's do it. Well, you're so, a you're a, a you're a world religion major in college. Do you yeah, feel almost. that? Uh, do you feel that? 
that the spirit dies after you know the body dies? Or I think it's what you said. Like Tibetan reincarnation, the, the monks well, are all oh five twenty eight right. megahertz. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Which is, that helps a lot. I go to sleep to I that tone. That all, I, I do a lot. I, yeah. I love it. It just buzzes. Nine hours of that. Yeah, it's great. Sleep tone, uh, YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the no, but it's the, it is. I mean, it's clear and easy for everybody to know that we have this energy in us, and then when we go away. Where is that going to go? It's going to go somewhere. Yeah, because you can't so, erase energy. You know, according to the you know the standard accepted Bible situation, oh, it's going to go up to heaven or down to hell, and then it's done. Where is heaven, Phil? I don't. Uh, that's Cyprus. exactly. That's a tough <laughs> one. Cyprus. We ain't been there yet. Yeah, <laughs> Cyprus, dude, dude, very well put, Freddie. You know what? That is a good thing because hey, this has turned into an intellectual talk show. It has. has. We're wow. smart. Well, you know, well, my second year of college, I was taking psychology and every day. Wait a minute. We are smart, dude. We are smart. We are. <laughs> no, that's true. No, but yeah, I, I do feel yeah. that. There's a full constant circle of yeah. energy. Yeah, I mean, stuff. if your body's, if, if it goes out, I mean, reincarnation, that's a whole other thing that I think is possible. I think all of uh, all of the things that we've learned through all the cultures, that's, that's all real. Right, right. And if it's you, kind of all the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not really anything different. Even the Jesus, even the spirit going up, it's the same thing. It's the energy going somewhere. It's going right. to go somewhere. Right. And then the extraterrestrials, like the Anunnaki right. coming down and like They're trying like, to make uh, slaves in to Africa to right. get all the gold. <laughs> oh, boy. This is a great one. All okay. the uranium. We'll be back after this commercial break from... Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> and, oh, just kidding. We're not that smart, ladies and gentlemen. But it's a, let's dummy up a little bit. You know what? Right? I like. What kind of ice cream do you like, Phil? Oh, oh, uh, I really love popsicles. Uh, pralines, and, pralines and cream. Oh, is that what it's called? Oh, uh, New Orleans. Uh, New <laughs> Orleans. Oh, dude, Woo! that's straight from the bog. Right? The bog of the French Quarter in New Orleans. You know, that, that was initially a candy. Is it? That was initially oh, a candy. Which wow. it's, it's a pralines and uh, and uh, what is it? It's a what kind of nut is it? It's a uh, pecan. Pe- yeah, pecan. It's a pecan set in a cookie-sized caramel, like a pecan caramel uh, candy, basically like a caramel. Oh. It's like a pecan pushed in caramel. Oh, it's called wow. a praline, and you just eat them just like the cookies. Oh, and they're wow. the richest. I gotta get oh. that, dude. Next time we go through New Orleans yes. on the next Hodge tour with yes. uh, Rattlescence, or, yes. or even who knows who's gonna come up. <laughs> dude, we're, we'll get some of those. All they're right, so good. Like we'll go. We'll go to the French Quarter, New Orleans. Great place. That's something yeah. about America. You could, you travel around and you could just see a little bit of everywhere on Earth. It's true. It's great. Here and it is temperature wise too. You know, you oh, get to yeah. Florida and it's like yeah. blisteringly humid. You know, there, just, there's every single type of culture in one country is in America. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, you don't get that everywhere. We've got the deserts yeah. in the Western Europeans don't even have the de- uh, any deserts. No, yeah, you know? no. And you know what? A couple friends would come from Germany. You know that we'd meet on tour and we you know they'd come and stay at the house. Yeah. I teach them try to teach him to surf you know oh, yeah. and he's all yeah i hope he doesn't drown he doesn't know how to swim but uh <laughs> oh, no. okay. negative thoughts but, thank you buddy yeah <laughs> but, speaking of those you're always so positive and just you just, it just feels good to be around you honestly. likewise likewise it's just like a thing and his energy is coming through and and you always say it too good things happy things you know you tell people that too that's pretty cool and you do too phil you know, i think we have you. that thank in common you. all three of us you know Right. Even Sal Baxter, cub reporter for Sal Baxter Photography. Exactly. Sal's photos on it. Where does that come from? Um, I, you know what? Just I don't know. Energy. I don't know because there's a lot of negativity around. I see it while I'm yeah. driving my car and just all kinds of, you know, just yeah. weird people that won't, won't be just. They bring it brings out of you. I just want to either get ahead of you or put you down for their own self-esteem yeah. to feel yeah. better about better health. Right. Right. You know, once they want to create emotions, they got you. They're sucking your energies yeah. off you. But I'm not really quite sure. I think I had a pretty good uh, upbringing, yeah. you know, and I had that a, definitely helped. And going to church and stuff when I was a little kid, you know, yeah. you know, probably five to 
15, you know, every yeah. Sunday and that kind of thing. My parents were pretty much a functional family, you know, yeah. perfect family, you know, Orange County, you know, that kind of thing. I think that might have attributed it to. I had a, ste- uh, a godfather, uh, Ross Walker, my dad's best friend, high school and yeah. World War II, day after grad night. Oh. He was funny. We laughed yeah. a lot. I had, they were like my, my brothers, right. you know, and they all went to, my mom and dad went to high school with them. Okay. And it was just like old school. And that kind of, you know, it was a really wonderful So it's, bond. A, it's important stuff. to have positive influence as, as a kid because that'll just change you how you are as an adult. Yeah. And that's why all these people are angry is because they probably didn't have a good childhood. Right. Yeah, that's see, that's true. I mean, people that I, I I totally know for a fact that people have had like obscure, you know, like violent childhoods that they just yeah. end up just a little unhappy. Oh, yeah. But then know? on the other flip side, there's there's one people that have been exactly like your situation, but they're just way down. They're like yeah, caught I, up in this crazy, that's true, deep, you know, angry money or materialistic. This whole thing, like it just, it just it, affected them. Yeah. Yeah. I maybe don't know. maybe some people have woken up and some people haven't yet. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know. You know, there's, I don't know. It's, yeah. It just seems like it, it's probably just instilled in your like a, your a, you know, classical conditioning right. situation where you kind of are what you are around. Yeah, you know, you like you're taught the DNA thing. Mean is definitely fifty percent of right. like what you do and how you act. But then your surroundings and stuff too have a major effect yeah. on what you do because like, you know, if you're happy, you know, right, you're just happy. Like I watched a lot of. I was into comedy a lot. My parents were into comedy. Okay. Like old Bill Cosby. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, old Bill Man. Cosby and like, you know, say George Carlin. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, all these comedians. He was always there. From like, like, you know, from like uh, even as far back as Red Skelton and Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And like, you know, even as far back as Black and White as Abbott and Costello. <laughs> you know, all these things were around our yeah. area, Southern California, Hollywood, L.A. You so know, you would it was feel all, like that. All the, all the programming, the television yeah. programming was just that's the, the thing, funnest TV, time, yeah. the funnest yeah. thing. That's not TV. fun anymore. Yeah. It's just oh, like weird like sex, uh, you know, like yeah. incest with death and like blood. It's just weird. It's squirting just, everywhere. Yeah, and that's and then, like, and you know? <laughs> Over-dramatized over like, you know, uh, computer animated explosions and stuff. It doesn't really take anything to make anything. And then when, yeah. you, don't, when you start doubting whether it's real or not, right. it, there's no real concerned about the storyline at that yeah, point yeah, you know exactly. you're all like shit these guys are a bunch of know. you know they're not yeah. even real and we came from an acting situation in yeah. america where there was really good acting like yeah. james cagney and some of the really old old actors that were yeah. just like you know old disney stuff old really really good comedy good moral tv shows like yeah. like andy of mayberry and the i dream of genie and all these things that were all positive gilligan's island you know all of them yeah. they're all like kind of had a positive vibe and and everything in our area was was yeah. ended up kind of just pretty much happy yeah, you know yeah. back it in the sense. 80s and then punk started and we became like loving we we're drunks. having fun being unhappy happy yeah. drunks happy drunks which right. makes you unhappy and right, happy. Right, exactly. <laughs> well however it is that you're so positive don't change because uh it's important that we have people like you around Dude, you are the man yeah. freddie Thank i really you. appreciate you guys for, Thanks, your, for our, my friendship with you runs really deep you guys and you know i'm not even I'm gonna try to kiss you yeah but uh but uh you know it's like that people should be like that you know you should like look at the positive side of things all the time yeah. and if, if you help somebody out and you've never have you'll trip out when you do right. it's just like what even if you're in the worst place too right yeah. you should just right. always don't think about it. don't this think that it's going to get better or even if it's they tell you it's going to get worse you know yeah. it's just it's all the mind is so powerful you know it right. changes things physically uh, could change everything yeah it's trippy know? i'm not really sure what makes people the way they are yeah, but I think a lot of it has to do with expectations, right? You know, like oh, yeah. put in that regimentation, like yeah. 
program from first grade to mm-hmm. follow the order of the teacher and get right. get a, work to get a career. Right. It was also regimented. Yeah. I don't even know if it was that healthy for people. Right. And so yeah. then they get a little tossed if they're inadequate exactly. without being the president yeah, of the you company. Mess up you know, you're all shit. I want to be a fireman. Yeah. You're all, God, shit, I work at a store now. Yeah. Now I am fucking feel like shit. Yeah. Why? Because everybody told me the fireman job, I'd be happy. And now <laughs> I'm working at a market and it it doesn't pay that much, and, and I'm unhappy, and, and I don't know why. It's, it's America that told you that you, know, right. you got to go to the top and be number one, right. you know, and taking all those student loans and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, half the jobs oh, yeah, aren't going to be there by the time those kids get out of college. Right. You know, like, you know, I studied, like, a computer programming for a Mac 7G system for eight years and spent $100,000, but now the 7G is obsolete, so now I work at, you know, at, uh, you know Jack in the Box. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all, and then you're mad. And exactly. then you're just like being mean. Extra ketchup. How much ketchup do you want? Like, I just like three packs of ketchup. You only gave me two. Well, just because I know you wanted three. <laughs> Next. Yeah, right? it's pretty creepy. But you know what? Television was sanctuary for kids like me. Because yeah, our programming, the programming was so yeah. just super flamboyant and fun. You know, right. from Disneyland to amusement parks to just going down to the beach and be able to go surfing and just run around. You know, the Beach Boys lived down the street. The band, yeah. you know, That's I mean, cool. it was just like That's it was awesome. just like it was like, it was like a dreamland. It was like a dreamland, pretty much. And our dads had good jobs and they were proud to go to their jobs. Yeah. You know, it was just like, and then they'd come home and you know, mom would be, you know, it was just like you know, old school. Yeah. You know, leave it I mean, to Beaver stuff. It's you know? why yeah. even us are here. That's that for that that that. Thing and you know that that you see and we people you know who don't live here saw it on those TV shows and it was real it was a thing that it was happening it still kind of is but it's just a different version of it these days yeah you know? yeah yeah because the kids are different than we were yeah. Yeah. and we know a lot we know all the bad things now too like because of the internet we get to see it yeah so back then now you saw that good stuff and that's it and that's kind of like yeah you know, and that was your nice. that was your box that was <laughs> yeah, your, exactly. your bubble yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and everybody was in their bubble i mean it was right. just like it was just like you know saturday morning cartoons for example were the only time you could watch cartoons all oh, right and then at nighttime they had Wrestling. shows during like uh, prime time between yeah. eight and 10 or and then you'd all sit down as a family to watch it because it was only on once a week uh, yeah now you can access see it again. full series for, yeah, year, exactly. for you know 10 year episode so and, and follow the whole thing at the same time yeah. i mean it's so different it is incredibly different and i feel blessed that i got to be a part of like many many phases of mankind yeah. in america you know what i mean yeah. and, and this country was very very virgin because there was no over overpopulation back in the day right. i mean we only hit overpopulation like about you know say what 10, 20 years ago, it yeah. really started getting crowded. Yeah. And then, which is no big deal. It's like, you know, we're a multicultural country. I mean, that's that, the whole world. That is growing whole up world and having families. Like that. That's just yeah. what it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, normal thing what, to do. It, it's a proud yeah. thing. It's part of nature. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's really amazing that we've gone through such amazing technology, you know, technological yeah. things like, yeah. you know, the Roswell, Roswell crash, printed circuit boards, fiber yeah. optics, and Kevlar. We got off that shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all like, oh, fuck, you yeah. know? We're on our way to, like, you know, printed circuit boards. Kind of screwed up for amplifiers, you know, the Marshall tube amps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, aliens wrecked Marshall. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys want to join my band? We're, yeah. the, it's the ultimate we're... racist band. The Ku Klux Klingons. <laughs> the KKK. And you know what we're into? It's about intergalactic prejudice. All the humanoids on Earth are one. The aliens... Are the Nazis? Damn. You know they're the ones coming Whoa. down and like you know they're they're abducting us. They're like you know using us you know cows and crop circles and they're just like <laughs> just poking at us, all poking uh-huh. at us. They're the kooks and they've got us fighting each other, so we won't pay attention to them. You're getting away right. with yeah, it? Yeah, they're all yeah. getting away with it. Like a light of fire over here with a laser, and then we'll say that the you know the palace. Palestinians Wait. did it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. The, the place is on fire. I don't know how. It uh-huh. must be them. 
Yeah. Uh, Klux Klingons, the KKK. And it's that's be, perfect. It's a great, great thing. And you know what? We might be abducted if we start the band. Yeah. Right. But I don't mind. I'm or ready to arrested. Go. Yeah. I'm, we've done, arrested. done a lot. Yeah. Well, we're not racist against any any culture on Earth. No. Right. So, but that's true. but it's a tricky. It's it's like it's a tricky gray area. Very gray. Like the gray aliens. Right. They're the prejudiced people too. They abduct us for DNA. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> they treat the humans like that for humanoids against. Can we not have a conversation? Can we you know? not, man? Oh man, the Romulans <laughs> will come in next. No, right. no, but uh, that's good. Yeah, that's kind of weird though. But you know, what about the DI symbol? Good nature. The was DI, that, oh, the little dog. Was that good? Yeah, the DI dog. We just found it at a swap meet in Anaheim in like 1979, just sitting there. It was a little piece of Mexican jewelry. I thought yeah. it was kind of bitching. Yeah. Well, we'll just use this for our symbols. Why yeah. not? We found out it was an ancient um, Aztec mythological god yeah. named Zolotl. Zolotl. This little dog is the god of death, lightning, and fire. Nice. Almost all of our re- records refer to death. Lightning and fire. Yeah, that's perfect. And before we even knew it was a god, we wrote an album called "What Good Is Grief to a God." That's crazy. Before we knew Zolotl even existed, wow. we thought it was just a funny little thing. And so, like, uh, in one of the songs called "The Puppet," it refers to a, the the lyrics are a spell's been cast, cast by evil dogs. The spirit of death is all around. You know, just kind of weird stuff yeah. referring uh-huh. to Zolotl before we even knew that it was there. That's I mean, a, one time this incredible. girl tried to burn Zolotl for an album cover picture. Yeah. The oven blew up. No. no. Zolotl didn't like that. No. And then, you know, Richard hung himself, <laughs> you know. Just, you know, it just it's all real. kinds of weird it's all parallels. Real. Wow, that's incredible. And check this out. Like, uh, we, uh, this was like so long ago. Like, my friend Johnny Twobags, I think, in SD was looking th- for some jewelry online, turquoise jewelry. Okay. And so this is only like two, three years ago. All right. And so there's this piece was one in a million. It was like made abalone inlays, right. and I explained it to my bass player. I'm all look like this, but it's lost. It got lost 30 years ago. My bass player gave it to a girl, and it's okay. gone forever. Oh, shit, whatever. Yeah. So my friend's all like, dude, I was looking for some turquoise called Bobby Rio, you know, redemption, yeah. re- uh, th- redemption photos, and goes, hey, I think I found a DI dog on this piece of Mexican jewelry. No and then way. we're all what? So Bobby calls Eddie Tatter, you know, because you know we're all buddies. And then he's all sent sent him a picture of the dog button. Yeah. And it was exactly how I explained it to Eddie yeah. before Eddie saw it. And Eddie goes, he noticed all the little particular yeah, yeah. things about it were exactly how I explained it. That's crazy. And then he said, "Where is it?" He's all it's in San Jose. The guy wants a hundred bucks for it, and he's all like, "Wow, I got to get it." So Eddie got his it. girl to go up there, get it, bring it back, showed it to me, and I just. I just look, I just like, froze on that thing. I'm all like, that is the same. That was the same one. The god came back to its. That's you crazy. know what? That's back to the religious thing of it being exactly. a, an Aztec god. Is yeah. it found? It came back because we've been indirectly worshiping this god, right? Without even know. knowing it. Yeah, but yeah. everybody's got di shirts on. Yeah, the, yeah. the dogs on everybody. Yeah, tattooed yeah. on millions. So you know, many people have tattoos. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, I've got it on me a bunch, and all of a sudden we go, dude. The dog pin found its way back That's to us, crazy. dude. <laughs> After 30 years wow. of just being lost in the world, it nice. came back to us. And it doesn't have any, you know, it was like welded, you know. Yeah. Maybe they made a handful. I'm not sure, but it looked like well, Maybe it was a, the same batch, that's for sure. Yeah, it looked well, like that's it was crazy. Wherever yeah. the first one came from, you know. So like, Zolotl, X-O-L-O-T-L, cool, your new leader. But uh, yeah. all right, I think we keep, we could, wow. we keep, I think we keep going, forever. but uh, we're running out of time. That means you're gonna have to come back for this another meal. We can't stop journey. talking, dude. You guys, thanks, man. In Radio Land can't see us shaking hands right now, but we are. <laughs> we did, yeah. But uh, 
Thanks for having me, you guys. Thanks this for coming, real, Casey. I love your radio program. Thank I love you, your attitudes you. and everything about you guys. It's Red really, eyes. really cool. Thanks. I want to say a big thanks to uh, Salvador J. Baxter yes. of SouthPhotos.net. He's been shooting all behind scenes uh, for our shows. You hear some picking in the background. That's Sal uh, taking photos of us. Thanks, Sal, for being here, joining us, uh, and having lunch with us or dinner, whichever one it may be. Baxter. Yeah. Uh, Casey, thank you for being so awesome. Uh, I really appreciate it. I can't wait till we have you again in the next tour together. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're in the, in the internet world, you can subscribe to our show. You just go to dollhousestudios.com, and you can uh Follow the SoundCloud link, and you can see all our shows and all the other shows that we have here at Doll Hut Studios. Right. Uh, thank you very much. Till next time. The Hajj means the pilgrimage, and this is the story we're here to give to you. A small taste of our travels and the music and the beautiful people we encounter. Until next time. Goodbye. Salud. Pared. Naisaste kala. Salamu alaikum. Ciao. Adios. Amigadeci. Makio dal bukas. And all the best. And all the best. <laughs> Catch you later. <laughs>